Hey everybody, this is Barb from Wildcat Rescuers, and I want to talk today a little bit about a conversation that I had a couple weeks ago with a guy. I was on Clubhouse, and we were talking about the laws for owning big cats here in the United States, and he had called up and he was from England, and he was a little upset that we were ruining his chance to get a pet tiger. And he said he'd done all the research, and he wanted to get himself a pet tiger because he just wanted a pet tiger. He wasn't going to make any money, and it, you know he understood all that, but he, he wanted a pet tiger. And I really, really wanted to get an opportunity to talk to him, but things got cut off before we could... Um, because I wanted to find out what his mindset was, okay? How was he thinking of taking care of this animal? Now, as I've said earlier, I um, I um, would have loved to have like a pet leopard or a lion. And when the Bengals came out, I really loved the Bengals and the Savannas. I thought, oh my gosh, these are so cool. Well, and there's still a side of me that would think it would be cool. However, however, instead of telling people, no, you can't do this because the law, and first of all, our laws here in the United States don't affect them in England, but I wanted to find out what he was thinking, and I never got that chance. So I thought, okay, if I was really going to do that, what would I do? And I'm not, the, you know... Yes, it would be great to, you know, um, fence in about 40, 50 miles for the tiger. But that's not realistic, okay? And I know that. But I was thinking, okay, you know, what was I hoping to hear from him? And so I thought, well, if I was going to get a pet tiger, and, you know, and I would say this to any of you people out there, if you want any exotic Okay, I don't care if it's a primate, a bear, a wolf, um, a large snake, you know, the, the big lizards, the whole thing. Okay, if you really want that, and that's what you really want, again, I'm not calling you stupid, I'm not calling you that. You need to really, first of all, really do your research. Understand the animal that you are getting, okay? So I was thinking, okay, if I was going to get me a tiger, what would I do? So the first thing that I would say to this person or to anybody is know the laws and the place that you are going to live. Whether you're going to get the tiger or not, whether it's legal or not, know the law so that when it comes time for you to get this animal, you know what the consequences are. Um, 18 years ago or so when I moved to where I am now I wanted to get ferrets Okay, that, that doesn't seem like that big a deal but they were against the law I could not have a ferret where I live I think I can now but I couldn't then and so I called up the place and said alright you know this is what I was thinking but I'm just asking questions and you know what happens what happens if you find out I have a ferret 
And they said, we come and take it and euthanize it. You can't have them. Well, I was thinking, okay, I don't want to have a ferret for a year and a half, two years, and then somebody finds out and they come take my pet away and kill it. I couldn't, no, I couldn't do that. And besides that, I like to sit outside with my animals, and that's what I would want to do with the ferret, is be outside, so everybody would know I have it. So I thought, no, it's not worth the risk for me, so I did not do it. That was my that was my decision. But if you decide against it, you should know what the consequences of your actions are, just so you know, so they're no, you know, because I'm going to tell you straight out, just saying, well, I didn't know, doesn't get you a pass. They don't go, oh, well, you didn't know you couldn't have a tiger. Oh, we're sorry, then we won't bother you. No, no, no. They say, that's too bad. We're taking it away. So know the consequences before you do it. And that's all I'm saying. You know, whether you choose to do it or not, that's your business, but know what, know what the consequences are. Then I would ask this person, because this is what I would do, is, do you have a vet? And I say that to anybody I meet. You know, when they talk about, I want to get a dog, I want to get a cat, I say, well, you know, okay, great, great. Do you know where your vet is? And they kind of like, well, no, I don't even, I figure I'll get a vet once I get the, the, the cat or the dog. And, you know, I get that, but I think you should know where your vet is. Okay, before you get an animal, you should know where your vet is because things happen the first day you bring your pet home and that is not the time to be looking for the nearest vet. So know where your vet is. Now, and I say this mostly with exotics, very much exotics. Who's going who's to be your vet? You need a vet. I don't care what you say. You, you get an exotic animal, you better have a vet. And not every vet's going to take care of them. Like people who have reptiles, no. Not every vet does reptiles. So if you're going to have yourself a 15-foot python, you can't take it into any vet a lot of times. You want to find somebody who knows about them. And um, who who is interested in them. You you don't want to just bring it into the vet and they go, fine, let me go look back in my books and let me see what I can find and blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're getting an exotic, you really want somebody who cares. So you really need to do that research. The problem is when you get into animals like larger primates and cats and wolves and bears and things like that is you can't take them to the vet. Because the vet don't want them in the office. You can't take them in there. And um, so you have to find a vet who will come out to your place. Well, if you're in a place where it's illegal to have tigers, you're not going to find a vet. So what are you going to do about that? And that's something you need to think about. Because if you have your tiger, they get sick or they get hurt or something happens. You know, and you need, you may need a vet. So you better figure out how you're going to take care of them, how the, the vet care is going to go. Because, I mean, I'm just saying is, is you don't want to have your pet tiger out there and 
um, you know, you had a storm last night and so a tree came down and he was out playing around and got a big gash on the shoulder. And now what are you going to do? So, you know, what are you going to do about your vet care? And, uh, plus, um, you know, your insurance. I don't know that there's any insurance policy out there that will take care of you if you have a cat um, like that, if you have a tiger. I mean, there are a lot of insurance policies that'll drop you if you have certain breeds of dogs. I'm sure that if you come up with a bear, a wolf, a chimpanzee, you know, a tiger, a lion, leopard, yeah, you're not going to have insurance. So I'm just saying is you might want to figure out if having property insurance is important to you. You might want to try looking into that before you get the animal. So you know what you're doing, you know? And and then I was thinking is, well, where am I going to get this tiger? Okay, so where do you where do you find a tiger cub? Because they don't sell them at PetSmart. They don't have them at the Humane Society. You can't. I don't think you can go on PetFinder. You know, there's some at Craigslist and some of that. The thing is, with a lot of these exotics, is people are not breeding them for the pet trade. They're breeding them for the pay-to-play trade. Or they're breeding them for... um, circuses or they're breeding them for Hollywood or they're they're not breeding them for pets okay so especially like tigers because this is a cat um, based podcast so we're going with the cats if you're talking the lions and um, the lions and the tigers and the leopards and the jaguars and probably even cheetahs and and that they're bred for pay to play. And especially with tigers, a lot of them are bred to look a certain way. People want white tigers. People want what they call marmalade tigers. They want something that's not um, orange with black stripes. They want something exotic looking. The only way to get these kind of animals is you have to breed down the bloodline. So you're breeding fathers to daughters, fathers to granddaughters, you know, mothers to sons, mothers to grandsons. Um, Sometimes they even do litter mates or they will do half brothers, half sisters. And they do all this stuff because once you get the white gene in the bloodline, you want to keep it. So you can't go and get another, you can't get new cats. When you do this, you create a lot of other problems. And people want a white tiger that has white fur and black stripes. They don't want a white tiger that has silver fur and dark red stripes, which is what happens a lot of times. You don't get these um, creamy white coats and, and, and beautiful jet black stripes on a tiger very often. So there's all these other tigers that are bred that are throwaways, they call them. Those are the ones that end up in the pet trade. They're still, they're, I mean, they're genetically broken. They have, their uh, immune systems are weakened, so they are more prone to disease and and they're just, you know, 
they're not uh, a very good tiger that way. But that's the kind of, those are where you're going to get your tigers. Because zoos that are breeding tigers are not breeding them and letting, they're not selling the cubs as pets. You cannot get them from a decent zoo. And if you are getting it from a zoo, they're probably getting them from the same place that all the other people are getting their tigers from. They're getting them from tiger mills. But anyway, so say you find your tiger. And of course you want to get it young. And, you know, when they're young, sure, you can definitely keep them in the house. Um, Because, you know, I mean, how much fun is it to have a four-month-old tiger in the house? Anyway, and uh, so you have them in the house, and they're fun. You know, they want to play, they want to be around you, and they're great. You know, they maybe only eat three pounds of meat a day, you know, but they're playful. And that's where you can build the bond between them. So you can find out, do they like to be um, scratched behind the ears or whatever. So, you you know, you get to play with them. But unfortunately, they grow. And a 10-month-old tiger can be 120 pounds. A 2-year-old tiger can be 200 pounds. Now, a 2-year-old tiger still thinks he's a kid. So he still wants to play the same way. So after a while, you know, your couch looks like something to chew on. You know, they start destroying the house, so you've got to take them outside. They have to go out. And again, depending on where you live, if you put a tiger in your backyard and you have neighbors who live right next door, how is that going to work? Because to me, I would be so scared that my neighbors would... um, you know, when I'm gone, would poke things through the fence, would give my tiger something to eat that I didn't want him to have, would would tease it. You know, you don't know. And don't think, oh, yeah, but my neighbors, they're really nice people. They're nice people until you put a tiger in your backyard and you don't know they're friends. Because all of a sudden, you're the guy in the neighborhood with the tiger. Word spreads, everybody shows up. So you're going to have everybody coming to look at your look at your tiger. Well, that to me is a no-go. So to me, I want to move out. I want to move out of town. I want my place in the country because I want to, you know, tigers are hardwired to roam. They're hardwired to move. They're not they're not lazy that way. They want to get up. They want to walk. They want to run. They want to do stuff, especially when they're young. And that can be for, you know, until they're 9, 10 years old, do they have this energy? So you have to give them space. And so I was, you know, wandering around, you know, coming home from work and looking at things, thinking, now how big a space do I think would be a good manageable space to have a tiger in. So I was thinking, you know, if you if you had it like two blocks wide and four blocks long, that would be a good that would be a good space for a tiger. And I know you're sitting there going, uh no, I was thinking about maybe buying the plot next to me and fencing it in. No. No no no. Tigers need room. They need space because 
they're they're loners. They don't want to see, you know, they don't want to be crowded. <clears throat> so, and this is my thing. This is what I would want to do. I would want to have a space that was two blocks wide and four blocks long so that tiger could run. So he could, you know, I'd want some big trees in there. And so he could claw the trees and I'd put some big platforms so he could sit up and look around and get off the floor and, and I would put an in-ground pool because I think tigers like to walk into the water instead of like, you know, people like get these big um, metal swimming pools. And I think the tigers have more fun when they're in an in-ground pool. Or if it's a it's a if it's a upraised pool, there's enough siding on the platform so that the tiger can actually get up on top of it and um, you know stand up there and then and then go into the pool because tigers a lot of times like to go into pools backwards. If you watch them, a lot of them go into a lake. A lot of times they turn around and they step into into the water backwards. So I would want my tiger to have a pool because they love water and that makes them happy. Well, and then of course they need all their toys and you don't go to PetSmart for tiger toys. You got to go to there's um, a few um, sites that have what they call boomer balls and they're big plastic balls. A lot of them are made for elephants. They're supposed to be indestructible plastic. Tigers can chew them up, but they're like 70 to 90 pounds and they cost around $400 for some of them, but they need toys. They need things to play with. You know, um, I see in some of these places where they have the balls and then they have, um, barrels and, there's these toys, I don't know, I think they just call them weeble wobbles, but they're thicker on the bottom than they are on the top, and so the tiger, it moves, and the tiger can roll it around. But they have all different kinds of toys, and they have donuts and things that they can carry around. And the tiger needs those things. They need things to stimulate their mind. And this takes, you know, it needs space. And then the thing is, too, is you also need a space where your tiger can get out of the elements and hide. Because, I don't know, you know, things, airplanes fly over or thunderstorms or whatever. And, you know, tigers will a lot of times try to get away from some of that. And you also need a space that you can move the tiger out of that area so you can go in and mow the lawn and clean up after it and... And make sure everything is okay. Uh, change the water in the swimming pool. Whatever it is. So you need you need another um, attached house on the side. Well, then you, you make like a tiger house. You put a, a place so you can put a bed, you know, like a, bo- a wooden box. Put a bunch of hay in there. They can, they can sit in there and, and be warm. And then they can have kind of a patio on there, which... I would put all concrete because if something happens to your tiger and he cuts himself or something, you don't want them to roll in the dirt if they've got an open wound or something. So you can lock them away. And that to me is where I would feed the tiger as well so that you can put the food on the cement and they can eat the food and then you can clean it away and you don't have all the the nasty bugs and, and things all over the place. But again, you know, you have this area that you can lock the tiger away so you can get into the area where, you know, the grassy area. And this all has to be surrounded 
by a, at least a 15-foot fence, and it has to be electrified on the top. You have to, because you don't want anybody or anything climbing in, so you've got to electrify the fence. You've got to have cameras around so you can see what's going on, so you know if something is, is bothering your cat, because you don't know. And unfortunately, you also then have to fence in your whole property because you can't have anybody walking up to your cat while you're asleep. Because I'm sorry, if the neighbors find out you have a tiger in that pen, they are coming up to your, they're going to come up and look at it because I would. If I, if I found out my neighbors had a big cage and in it was a tiger, oh heck no, I'd be over there every day. I'd be over there looking at that tiger. And then you'll have the person who will put their hand through because they think they made a connection with it. And then there's trouble. So you have to fence in your property as well. 15-foot high fence, electrified at the top. I mean, you these things you have to be done because you have to protect your tiger and you have to protect your neighbors. Because if you don't, that animal will be shot. If a police officer comes out and sees a tiger running around and sees any human being in danger, they're going to shoot that animal. That is not... And no matter what the problem is, you're the one who owns the tiger. You are the one who is responsible. So you need to have all this... You know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I would say you need to have all this stuff because I think you do. At least I think I do. I would do it. Well, and then once you get this beautiful place for them to live, I mean, you also have to remember you have to feed them. And you can't go get tiger chow from from the store. They eat meat. And they only eat meat. They're not like a dog where dogs will go around and eat other things. Tigers, yes, you'll see them chewing on grass and things like that. But cats in general, they eat meat. And that's all they want. That's what their bodies are built to do. And you can't just go out to the store and get them a pack of, chin- of chicken drummies and think that you're fine. An adult tiger in their prime eats 12 to 15 pounds of meat a day. All right? And they need more than just, you know, what is called the muscle meat, the kind of meat that you buy in the store. They need the hearts and the livers and all that. So to me, I'd want to get in touch with the butcher and I would say, hey, this is what I need. This is what I want. And I would want him to hopefully be able to get me the, the, um, the specialty cuts. Now, like zoos and that, they have a um, thing called, um, it's, a, it's a mush, you'll see, it looks like hamburger. And it's ground animal. It's like the whole animal just ground up. So it has all the organs. It has all the stuff in the digestive tract. It has everything. It's the whole animal, which is what the animals eat. They eat the bones. They eat all that stuff. And they need that to survive. And many uh, good sanctuaries and places like that actually do uh, use like uh, humanely euthanized rabbits and rats and that, that they give their cats and some of their other animals to eat because they need the whole animal. They need all of that body like they would normally get in the wild to make them healthy. 
And that's what I'd want to do. I'd want to be giving that, that cat the best diet because if you give them the best diet, you can uh, hopefully not have as many issues health-wise. Because if you, you know, same with people. If you eat good, chances are you're going to avoid a lot of problems. So, you know, it's where do you find the food? And how do you buy all that food? Again, depending on whether tigers are, are legal in where you live, um, how transparent can you be about it? And, you know, kind of one of the other reasons why I've kind of thought, well, you know, I don't know if I'd really want an exotic because if I want to go visit somebody and I want to go there for four or five days, who's taking care of my tiger? You know, if you're living in a place where they're illegal, you can't, who do you trust? Who do you trust who ain't going to blab off? Hey guys, yeah, you got to come, you got to come to my house, man, because I'm taking care of a tiger. Give me a break. You know. You know people will do that. You know they're going to do it. The minute you, you get on that airplane and you fly away, you know, you'll go that night and you'll feed the tiger and you'll be on the phone the next morning calling up all your buds. Come on, you've got to come over here and see this tiger. Because people do that. I'm not saying people are bad. They just do that. And... You know, what happens so often, and this, this guy that was on the phone, he says, but you guys in rescue, you only see the bad things that happen. You never see the good. And okay, I'll give him that. But I don't know where the good is. I don't know where the good people are. There are animals that used to be internet stars that are in sanctuaries now. And I know that for a fact. I'm not going to, yeah, I know it sounds, but I never asked the people who know these animals that I can say that, yes, this animal's in sanctuary. But I know I've been on lives with some of the people, and they're like, yeah, you know, we just got into this animal. It used to be this on social media, and that's where the animal is now. And some of the people who... um um, put the animals in the in the sanctuary didn't want people to know where that animal ended up because I think they were a little embarrassed that they couldn't take care of it they'd made it an internet star and then they had to give it up because it was too hard to care for and the other thing that happens is you know a lot of people they get these animals they get the tigers especially the big cats and when they get to be not so cute anymore, yeah, they can't put them in their backyard because they've got neighbors or they had a, a little bit of a problem. So what ends up happening? They make a place in their basement or they make a place in their garage and that's where the cat lives for the rest of its life. They come out in the, and they feed it every day and they maybe spray the area down, but they don't, the cat doesn't want their attention. The cat is upset because it's crammed in this tiny little cage. It can hardly move. It doesn't get to see daylight. You know, it's, well, it's in jail for, you know, lack of a better word. I mean, every cage is a jail, but it has no chance to even pretend to be happy. 
and you know when you see these people and they yeah they put the the cage in the basement and then they have the entertainment site you know an entertainment station over there and so they sit down and they watch their movies and have their buddies over and they got a tiger in the background and they're all having beers and hey man it's pretty cool well no it isn't pretty cool because you've taken an an apex predator a cat that is genetically hardwired to walk around and see things and do things and interact with things and you stuck him in a tiny cage I mean, yeah, it's jail. And I don't care how good you feed him, you're not doing the animal any good. You need to treat these animals with respect, you know? I mean, hang on. You need to respect the animal for who it is and not who you want it to be. I see people and they have 15-foot pythons. And it's in a seven-foot aquarium. I'm like, the snake can't even stretch out. It can't even stretch full length. Now, sorry, but snakes in the wild, they stretch out full length. And, okay. I mean, how would you feel if you could never stand up? Or you could never lay out, like, every time you went to bed, you could never stretch yourself out you would not be comfortable and so when you put these animals in these tiny cages it's the same way they can't do what they're supposed to do they develop um, muscle issues they develop skeletal issues they develop neurological um, you know some start spinning around or some start chewing on their bodies or some start they 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 can't cope with it. And so then they start doing all these other things. And then finally somebody may call a sanctuary or some place and that will take the animal. But, you know, you don't know. I mean, unless you're really um, making sure it's going to a really good place, you don't know what they're doing with that cat either. Some of these places... They get your cat and then they sell it to somebody else because they're there to make money and they're de- they don't care about the cat. Where if you take them to these sanctuaries, you know, they're there for the cat. And one of the biggest also problems besides people putting these animals in these tiny, tiny little things and another reason why I do not have an exotic is because they take a lot of time. They just take time. You cannot get up in the morning, go out for 15 minutes, talk to your tiger, go to work, go out with the guys, and then come home and feed your tiger and talk to him for about a half an hour and go to bed and do this day after day after day after day and expect the animal to give a darn about you because it will not happen. If you see these, um, there are some places that do uh, live videos from some of these um GFAST accredited sanctuaries and the ones that come to mind are the Wildcat Sanctuary Turpin, uh, the Wildcat Sanctuary Turpentine Creek and Big Cat Rescue they do, they go live and they show you these animals they spend a lot of time these animals have quite a bit of human time 
not imposing, but a lot of time where people stop and they talk to them and, you know, they get their food and everything is pleasant. If the animal doesn't want you nearby when it eats, they back away. They, they meet the animal on the animal's terms. There are some animals in some of these sanctuaries where if you go there, you will never see. Because they don't like people. They don't want to see you. They don't want to see you at all. There are some animals that actually enjoy seeing people. And those you will see. But the caretakers of these animals spend time with them. There are people around those sanctuaries 24 hours a day. They have their eyes on these cats all the time, so they catch if anything happens. They're, they're not, you know, they're not imposing themselves on them, but the cat gets to see people, and that's where you see them. They come up, and yeah, some of the people will say, well, I don't have any food, so the cat doesn't care about me, which is true. You will see some people doing videos, and they're like, you never bring me anything. I don't care about you. You're not important to me. And that's the way most of them are. You didn't bring me food. I don't have the time of day for you. And that's the way your pet tiger will be. You don't bring me food. I don't care who you are. You don't serve a purpose in my life. And you may, if you get the, you know, the cub young and you, you know, because I mean, I always think of a tiger. I mean, to me, after they get a certain age, I'm not going in. I would not go in a pen with them. As much as it would be fun to be able to say, oh, yeah, this cat's five years old, and we all sit down and we watch TV together, and I can hug on him, and la, la, la. It's not going to happen. As much as I would like it to happen, I know it's not going to happen. Yes, would I like to be able to sit beside the enclosure and scratch him through the fence? Yes, I would love that. Is that a good idea? You better be paying attention. I know there are some cats that have come to some of these sanctuaries where their owners would do that, would scratch them you know, through the fence. But they know the cat. You know, you got to be watching. And I know people say, well, I would know the cat. I know how to deal with it. I know. And, you know, sanctuaries are full of cats that came from people who were going to be that special person. So, yeah, you know, would I want those things to happen? Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. Would I love to have a pet tiger, but them a really nice enclosure so he can have fun and be a tiger? And then when I come out, he comes running up and he's like, oh my gosh, hi, oh, give me a pet scratch behind my ears. Would I love that? Yes. Do I think it would happen? No. I don't know that it would happen. And I would have to be happy with that for the next 20 years because tigers live to be 20 years old in captivity. So if my tiger never wanted to talk to me after I let him out, I would have to be happy with that and feed him and love him anyway. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Once the animal doesn't act the way they want it to, they throw it away. So if you're thinking of getting a tiger or a chimpanzee or a bear or whatever exotic, 
You have to be prepared for that animal to not love you. You have to be prepared that you may be caring for this animal for 20 years and it doesn't care a rat's butt about you. You may have to throw food in there and walk away while he comes up and eats. He doesn't want to see you. You may try your hardest and this animal may never want to see you. You have to live with that. If you're going to get an exotic, that is part of what living with an exotic can be. Is you may, you may love this animal to death and it may not want to see you at all. It may not want to be. You know, I remember Steve Irwin. And, you know, he always says, I love these crocodiles. I love them to death. But all they want to do is chase and kill and eat me. They don't care about me. They don't love me. They don't want me in their territory. They don't want me around. They have no love for me. He says, but I love them and I will, I will fight for them forever. And that's the kind of attitude you have to have. That if you're going to get an exotic, it's a lifetime commitment whether, whether that animal loves you or not. And it's a lot of time. And I just, like I say, I've wanted a tiger. I've wanted a leopard, a lion all my life. But I also know that I don't have the time. I sure don't have the money. And uh, I would be so afraid that something bad would happen and the tiger would suffer the consequences for my bad actions. So that's why I've, I've never gotten a pet like that. As much as I wanted one, as much as I still would love one, the thought of me not doing the right thing and that animal having to pay the price just would um, would do me in. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. So, I don't know if the, the, the guy on, on Clubhouse would ever, would ever hear this, but... I really wished I could have talked to him because I really wanted to find out what he was thinking. But my, my, you know, as I say again, you get an exotic or you get any animal, you get a pet cat, get a pet dog. You need to respect them for the animal they are and not who you want them to be. You cannot totally change the nature of the animal. It is going to be what it is and you have to love it. And do I think tigers make great pets? No. Do I think we need to do all we can to help them? Yes. And if you really want to help tigers, if you really care about them, and you don't want to see them suffer like we are here in the United States, go to bigcatact.com. If you're a U.S. citizen, put in your information, contact your local representatives, and tell them to support the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Let's get it passed. Let's not have these tigers have to suffer in horrible conditions because people thought they could have them as pets and could not. Let's let's save our tigers. Let's save our animals. And let's let them live in the wild where they belong as much as we would love to, you know, be close to them. Let's do the right thing. And I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening, and bye-bye.